What's going on, guys? It's Yahavi David, St. Clair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speaks show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. I'm your host, Yahavi St. Clair. I'm sitting here with a special guest, Stephen Liu. This guest brings huge value, and I'm going to tell you why. LinkedIn. Now, if you guys are really foreign to LinkedIn, Stephen's going to tell you what he does on LinkedIn, LinkedIn coaching, what have you, how we establish connection, and how his brand and business is excelling with the LinkedIn platform and throughout the pandemic. Uh, Steven, uh, if you can give us a uh, pretty much a brief solid introduction. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the, the hype up front. Um, yeah, I'm a, I have a full-time job. My full-time job, I'm a project manager at Lockheed Martin. I work on supply chain and part qualification projects. I've been at the company now for, for seven years and I've, I've had the opportunity to, work on five totally different jobs uh, within those seven years. Uh, so in addition to being a project manager, uh, my, the job I had right before that was working in mission control for a satellite program. So it's exactly what you, you know, what you see in the movies, exactly what you, you know, think when you visualize it. You know, I'm sitting there on my console. We got all the screens up in front. Uh, we have all the rows of consoles. I'm looking at my screens and people are calling me, uh, asking me, hey, can we send this command? Does everything look good? And I said, yeah, go ahead, send it. I see something else change on my screen. So. Uh, definitely the coolest job I've had. Um, but in terms of my career, you know, project management and program management is the way I want to go. So I'm continuing to, to grow and, and learn um, in my role here. I've been a project manager for about two years now. Uh, you touched about it, about it um, earlier. Um, so I am big on LinkedIn. Uh, I promote LinkedIn as the social media platform to be on. Um, and I've been active. I've been posting content on LinkedIn since 2017. I would, I'll go into a little more details later, but I started doing monthly articles in 2017. And in 2018, I started doing weekly videos as part of my 52 week challenge. And I did that all through 2018, did that all through 2019. I uh, did that for most of this year. I experimented with different types of videos, tried different things, uh, didn't quite work out, but I can say that I have over 140 videos on LinkedIn and I've been able to build my network up from 2200 earlier year to triple it to, to what it is today and you know i have a full-time job so linkedin is just something i do on the side and i've been able to, to grow it to what it is today that's good i'm glad you touched on that because i seen someone comment oh comments or content too and i constantly see you 
engaging on LinkedIn in the comment section, uh, which is everyone. Can you can you share a little bit more uh, piggybacking on your you know your recent success with you know with LinkedIn? You know, you mentioned 140 videos with the 52 week project that you were doing. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah. So you know, you can't just put content out there, right? If you're not connected with anyone, no one's going to see your content. Yeah, you know, maybe second degree connections, third degree connections, but you want to build up a network. You want to build a following. And in addition to creating content, you want to engage with other people's content, right? If I see someone posting content on LinkedIn, I resonate with their content. I resonate with their message. I leave a comment, right? I say, hey, this is my, you know, my opinion or this is what I think uh, on what you just said. You know, I agree with you or this is some additional uh, value I'm going to add. And then, you know, you have to engage in the comments because they'll engage with you. They say, hey, thanks for the comment. You know, this is what I think. And you start building those relationships that way. You take it off that post, you DM each other. Uh, but in addition, the comments, there's, you know, on these posts, there's hundreds of people commenting. So you can go through and just connect with a bunch of people. You know, you reply to their comment and that cycle just continues. So it's not just putting content out there. It's not just engaging with people in the comments. You have to do a combination of both combination of both of in terms of you know back and forth you know adding value i think with me with my experience with linkedin i, th I think it's a good problem to have i feel like i was early and you know we hear gary v talk about it all the time oh you know, it's be early then you know not to arrive or you know eat this eat this uh just going through you know the trials and tribulations uh what i recently learned is it it, it you know with linkedin it it's a doorway opportunity you know you could find an entry level position, you could, you know, find new business partners, establish friendships. Um, yeah, and just really have that access to decision makers. So when I initially reached out to you, I, I really wanted to just build my community of, you know, just other speakers, just have, you know, a, a long list of affiliates that I could refer people to. And, you know, building this podcast was inspired by LinkedIn. So, to see what you're doing now, engaging with the content. And I see your content a lot because every time I open up the app, you're at the top of the feeds. Then there's Shay. There's a couple more people because we have a couple mutual connections. Yeah, so so when I see when I see you connecting back and forth, I'm like, yo, nah, I gotta get I gotta get him on the podcast. I gotta get him on the podcast. I wanna learn a lot more about your backstory. Now I know that you're into speaking. So I wanna know what kind of sparked that. I I I I'm really Really itching to like pick your brain with the speaking. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So my background, my educational background, uh, is was in computer engineering, right? And as you can see, a stereotypical engineer doesn't like to talk, doesn't like to socialize, just kind of do your own thing, and and you know, you know you solve problems as an engineer. So I was like that. I was like that in school. I wasn't involved in anything. I didn't socialize. I just went to class, um, studied, and, and went home, and that's it. Um, but Kind of how this whole journey started was um, I, I started finding my voice. I started getting more confident in myself. And how I did that was um, I got involved in organizations. Uh, at Lockheed Martin, we have these groups called uh, employee resource groups or business resource groups, and they focus on minorities. So there's groups, you know, there's a group for Asian, there's a group for African Americans, there's a group for LGBT, Latina, women, you know, all these different minority groups. And I wanted to, you know, get more leadership experience. So I decided to join the, the Asian group, which is called uh, PAN, or Professional Asian American Network. Um, I started as the mentoring and professional development lead. So I did speed mentoring events. I brought in speakers both internally and externally to speak to the 
Asian community about you know things that that you know we to learn about their career or or things we're dealing with. So that's kind of how I started finding my voice. I, I got a little more comfortable with you know being on stage and introducing these speakers or or facilitating these events. And then uh, the following year, I got even more involved. I became the site lead. So now I'm overseeing ten different committee members. I'm the face of the organizations at our, at, at at my site. And then it's like, okay, now I have to have a lot of confidence. I'm the one introducing all these events. I'm the one, people recognize me as the face of the organization. So that kind of you know, brought me more and more confidence. And you know, that kind of was, was in parallel with me creating videos on LinkedIn. I started in January, 2018, and my first video was absolute crap. Uh, I could not look at the camera when I was talking. I was using myself, I could not look at my uh, camera. Um, I kept, uh, you know, uh, stuttering. I, I just, I just didn't sound confident at all. My voice was very quiet. Um, and but I've come, come a long way. Uh, I did a, a throwback video uh, in July of last year. Looking back at that very first video and comparing to where I was at that point, and you can just see from the video. You don't even need to provide. I don't even need to provide my commentary. You could just see the difference in terms of confidence, in terms of public speaking, in terms of delivery. And it's just because week after week, I watch myself, I record myself, and I notice my tendencies and I get better. Combined with that leadership um, opportunity I had you know, with the organization, being comfortable speaking in front of audiences, being comfortable leading, you know, or, uh, you know uh, being comfortable speaking in front of audiences. Um, you know, a good example of that was uh, we had a leadership forum and my flight got there super late. They dropped my room. I had to sleep in the game room. Um, I only slept for an hour. And the next afternoon, which was, you know, like eight hours later, um, you know, because I went to bed at 3 a.m., I went upstage to 180 people and was able to be on a panel and just talk about it. And no one knew I was only on an hour of sleep. So just, you know, that continuous practice, that continuous exposure of being in those situations has helped me be more confident as a speaker. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a perfect speaker, but, you know, just having that confidence goes a long way. Uh, when you're on stage and presenting about what you want to present. De definitely does. So, you know, you know, just hearing what you're saying, you know, you created that community by taking action and, you know, looking at where you add value. So, you know, when you, when you mentioned pan, I'm like, Oh, wow. Like I, I, I didn't even think of that, you know, to put myself in, in the opportunity of saying, okay, what does my culture need? Uh, where, where does, where do I add value in the community? How do I create value in the community? How do I become the community? And, you know, you did that by taking action, not only by just taking action, but having your, you know, having consistent recording, holding yourself accountable, looking at, you know, where you was in July to your videos now, same thing with this podcast too. Um, looking back at old videos is kind of like cringy for me. Like, oh, why yeah, am I like I, I, I was the same way, yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird. But I'm like, yo, I got, I have to get better. So I have to watch this. I have to study this film. And I, I started to say to myself, uh, you know, of course, the more interviews I do, the better I'll get. The more times I record myself, the better I'll get. Um, as a speaker too, there are times where I've, I, I am faced with the imposter syndrome, if I'm good enough. Like I know how great I am, but I'm faced with self-doubt just as much. So, you know, breaking through that, um, you know, community definitely helps lift you up. So when you're faced in situations where, you know, self-doubt comes into play, how do you overcome that? How do I overcome self-doubt? Okay. Yeah, it's, 
you know, a, a lot of it comes with confidence, right? And, you know, you talk about imposter syndrome. Um, so a, a common thing that people face when, when it comes to imposter syndrome is when they start a new job, right? And they're like, hey, you know, I just graduated. I got a job at, you know, this tech company or whatever. But do I deserve to be here? I don't feel like I'm the smartest of the smartest, right? I don't feel like I'm the best possible candidate. But the, the perspective in that scenario is to tell yourself, the hiring managers saw something in me. The person who I interviewed with saw something in me. They believe in me to give me the, this position. So, you know, if you take that to speaking opportunities, you know, someone reached out to you and asked you to speak, right? So, you know, for, for example, you asked me, hey, go on your podcast. So you have enough confidence in me. You have enough faith in me that I can contribute to a successful podcast interview that you picked me to do it. So, you know, if someone else has trusted me, I need to have trust in myself. I need to have confidence in myself. So don't, don't, we're, we're our own toughest critics, right? But you have to overcome that and just think, hey, people out there support who I am. People out there, you know, believe in me. So I need to believe in myself as well. It's crazy. I was talking to myself that I think it was yesterday. I was driving back home. I'm like, yo, no, wait, there's no way. There's no way I'm doubting myself. And it's like, you, you know, you're getting closer. You're getting closer to that end goal. So the doubt does get a little louder and louder and louder and louder. So that's where I see the value in the community. Obviously, of course, where we pick each other up and, you know, with words of encouragement, like what you just said. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely does go a long way. But, you know, faced with this pandemic, right? You know, we've been isolated, we're in the house. It's a, I've had so much more time to actually listen to my thoughts to know like, okay, I have to value a lot more and spend more time, you know, catering to my mental health. So how, wh what have you learned from, you know, this recent pandemic that we've been going in um, with quarantine and what are some key things that you've learned from yourself, some takeaways, whether it's strengths, weaknesses, things that, you know, you wanna work on and, no. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. It's something, you know, literally the whole world is dealing with, you know, how do you get through the isolation? How do you get through the, you know, this pandemic? And, you know, I want to mention a couple things. First of it is, you got to take breaks. You got to, you know, I don't want to say remove yourself from the situation because, you know, you, you can't, it's everywhere. But you got to take breaks from things, right? So take a break from the news, right? Don't, you know, follow everything that's going on with the pandemic, right? Find a support system. Go talk to friends because we're all dealing with the same thing. Right, call each other up, do a Zoom call, whatever, and just you know, uh, just be with each other, right? As you know, not in person, right? Ideally, but be with you know, and, and support each other. And just by having that, you know, focusing on things you want to focus on and ignoring the you know bad things, it will put you in a much um, much better mindset, right? Much much better uh, state of mind. Uh, and I also want to say, you know, with a lot of people are working from home. And that just stresses people out because now, hey, my home used to be home and the work is you know, physically somewhere else. And now it's in the same place. How do I deal with that? And I, you know, my advice for people is you got to just shut off from work, right? It's kind of like the negative news going on, you know, whether it's the pandemic, the protest, the election, whatever, you just got to shut it off. So, you know, no one expects you to work 24 seven, right? It's, it's impossible for a job. So for me, you know, for work, I shut off at five o'clock. That's my rule, no matter what. Right. After five o'clock, it's my own time. I can go do coaching calls. I can create content on LinkedIn, re-engage on LinkedIn, whatever. Five o'clock, I shut it off. Right. And that's that's my hard rule. If someone needs something tomorrow, then they'll let me know. But there's always tomorrow for me to finish what I need to work on. So, you know, put yourself 
ignore those negative situations and focus on, on having that support group. And if something just you know, just stresses you out, try to remove yourself from it as, as far as possible. I love the fact that, you know, you put a limit and you say, you know what, 5 p.m., that's it. That's my cutoff point. You know, you create that balance right there. Like, oh, no, that's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, very firm, very firm on that. Uh, finding finding balance and trying to create balance in the middle of a pandemic, uh, you know, with, the, with this entire crisis. You know, you mentioned even jumping on a Zoom call, uh, engaging on LinkedIn to kind of like go back and talk on LinkedIn for a second. I've recent I've recently found the value uh, in LinkedIn as, as a social platform. I could get an entry level job position. I won't say just like that, but yeah, you have access to these decision makers. Of course, it's a social platform. You could create content, you could engage, um, you know, all of, I would say most of, when I look at the recent guests on my podcast all came through LinkedIn, everyone. That they had the ability to connect with. So, you, you know, including you to add to that list. So, you know, getting on a Zoom call, for me, the podcast was a hack strategy for me to, you know, connect. It was my secret gateway to, it's yeah. my own networking, pretty much, my own networking event. Um, you know, even attending networking events, you know, getting on calls with, you know, just random people. My last guest prior to you was all the way from Sydney, Australia. I know you're all the way in California, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I'm all the way in New York City. So it's just connecting with people from different time zones and really getting uncomfortable, uh, learning, learning to flourish from, you know, failure to failure. Uh, I, I kind of want to touch on failure because I, I recently just went through, you know, a business, I won't say a business loss, but, you know, some business turbulence, uh, you know, with failure. So how do you overcome failure when faced, you know, with failure during, you know, these tough times? Yeah. So, um, you know, earlier I talked about, I, I joined that Asian organization because I needed more leadership experience and that came from failure. I, two years into the company, I wanted to apply and get into the, our engineering leadership development program. And, you know, this is a, you know, early, it's a program to create future leaders for Lockheed Martin targeting early career uh, engineers. And as part of it, you go to networking, uh, you have networking events, you go to leadership conferences and you do job rotations, which was a highlight for me. And I applied uh, two years into the company. I interviewed, but I didn't make it. And of course, I was super bummed out because, you know, the people who did make it, they were all my friends. I wanted to be in the same class with them and, and grow with them together. But, you know, I, I got rejected. Um, so I asked for feedback. And I asked, you know, I asked the, the program manager, say, hey, you know, what can I do better to, to get in next year? And one thing he said, you need more leadership experience. So that's why I got involved in the Asian organization. And I mean, that that failure was actually the best thing that happened to me because, you know, I, I was able to grow all these leadership skills, all these uh, communication and public speaking skills as being part of that organization. And the, the key is, is the key was I built up enough confidence to put myself on LinkedIn to start creating all these videos. And that, you know, led me to, you know, without these videos, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you, right? Just, just building up my presence, building up my personal brand on LinkedIn. So, you know, from that one failure, just, Knowing that, hey, this is just a temporary thing, you know, I would ask for feedback, how can I get better? And it was just a great learning opportunity that opened up so many doors for me because of that one failure. Um, and I did get into that program the following year because I, I you know, worked on those things. So, yeah, to, to answer your question, to, to overcome failure, you just have to, okay, understand what went wrong, how can I fix it, how do I get better? Because failure is, is a learning opportunity, right? It's not the end all, right? So, 
you know, it's a learning opportunity, learn what you can do to get better and, and just try again. And that's what I did. I you know, worked on it, joined an organization to get leadership experience, and I got in the following year. I love how you asked for feedback, like, hey, how can I get better? You know, you're a real student to the game. You said, hey, how can I get better? How can I get better to, you know, to get in next year? You took and you and you didn't even mention it, but you didn't even look at it as uh, criticism. You just looked at ways of just improving yourself. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, it led to being involved in this organization. And now, you know, I, I didn't cover it earlier, but I went from the site lead to overseeing six different sites for, for that Asian organization. And on the side, you know, I built up enough confidence to now I have a, over 140 videos on LinkedIn and just, just built up my network through that as well. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen if you just be persistent, right? Learn from that failure and, and, and continue to try again. And, you know, you'll, you'll be able to grow either way. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David. St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speaks show. Thank you for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast. Don't forget to visit stclairspeaks.com. Stay up to date with St. Clair Speaks Show updates, upcoming guests, live webinar events, and St. Clair Speaks Show trade talk. Visit stclairspeaks.com today. It's that time. And failures, oh man, you know, really, it really depends. You know, everyone responds to failure differently. Uh, you know, really, I want to say it depends on the experience of failure, but oh man, I, I, I swear, I feel like, Failure sometimes is the best thing that happens because the silver lining just takes you a long way. Definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I, I like answering that. Hey, what's your greatest failure question? Cause that's exactly why I share. Right. You know, if I didn't get, you know, if I didn't get rejected, if I didn't face that failure, I wouldn't have been able to make videos on LinkedIn. You know, the links, one thing leading to the other leading to the next. Yeah. You know, I, I, I rather live with the result of, you know, it just not working out then live with that resentment because that resentment and guilt is just heavy. It's heavy. Prior to, uh, you know, COVID, I was getting ready for my big break, which I thought was my big break. I had a TED talk all the way in California. Then boom, COVID came. And I'm like, no, no, ah, ah. I was so, I was so crushed. I was so crushed because there was nothing I could do. And sometimes Life happens and there's nothing that we could do to respond to it, but we have no choice but to cry and keep going. And I was just so frustrated and it felt like I failed, but I knew it was out of my control. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want that to be the biggest thing that could have potentially happened. What can I do now? And a couple of months later, boom, here we are on a podcast, just even talking about it. I launched my book during the pandemic, yeah. to Suits. So, which is exciting too, Stephen, because I actually recorded this book through voice, through text. I didn't write it. I did it the old-fashioned way. Just, you know, say old-fashioned way, but the new way of just speaking, translating text. Yeah, yeah that's the guy to check out your book. You know, it's been an incredible experience just, uh, you know, you say writing, telling a story. Because, you know, when you're telling your, you know, your story from, you know, your humble beginnings to where you are now, you revisit these emotional experiences that you that you doesn't feel like baggage in the moment. But when you revisit the time when you were seven, 10 years old, or maybe you think about the time you fell off your bike, how you felt in the moment or the time you conquered that fear in that moment. Uh, it's really heartwarming. Yeah, definitely. It, it's at the time, it, you know, it sucks, right? At the time, it's you have all these, you know, like you said, all these emotions. But you look back at it, it's like, you know, I came out of that situation. I came out of that incident 
as a better person, right? And this is where I got better. This is, this is, you know, even though it happened, it, you know, life, life is never perfect, right? But that changed my life, you know, for the better or changed it in some direction I didn't expect it to go. It's really made me uh, realize, you know, just getting up and just, just falling down, getting back up, falling down, getting back up. Not all the time things, things are going to go as planned. Like LinkedIn, for example, I, 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 do, I, I am an analytics guy, but I don't like to look at numbers too much. There was a time period, maybe when I was putting out content on Instagram, where I would look at the likes or the views. With LinkedIn, it's a little different. I could put out a really good video, what I think would be a really good video, then I don't see anything in terms of yeah. just likes or engagement. Uh, how do you respond to that in terms of just, you know, you feel like, you know, you put out a really good, really good valuable content to your audience, but you're not seeing the engagement like, hey, like what's going on? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a, a, a thing everyone faces, right? No matter you know, how big you are on LinkedIn. And, you know, I, I don't stress myself out over the likes and views and, and, and comments. You know, I keep track of it as a way for, you know, for me to say, hey, I tried, you know, like I said, I, I tried different things earlier this year. I did um, 10 second tip videos just to see how they would do. And it's just like, hey, let me just do rapid fire of these videos, you know, day after day. Um, and they just didn't do so well. It was just, you know, I think in my opinion, it was just too much engagement on my network uh, too often, right? Because I don't have 100,000 followers. I, at the point had, I don't know, two, 3,000 followers. So, you know, I'm not going to get that as much engagement every single day. So that was my lesson learned from it. And, you know, I do have videos where, hey, I think this is going to do really well. I put in a lot of effort and it just didn't result in the amount of views I usually get. But what I tell myself is, you know, my mission, my purpose of doing these videos is to help others, right? I'm sharing career tips and advice. I'm sharing things I do on LinkedIn to help others. So it doesn't matter if 100 people watch it or a thousand people watch it or, or whatever. As long as one person takes something away from the video and they do something about it, that's all that matters to me, right? And so that's why I don't get too keen on those metrics because you can't control it, right? You might think this video is going to do really well and it doesn't. I have videos where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put this on there. This, you know, I let me just put this together. Uh, I'm just going to post it right now and it, it, it blows up. So you never know what's going to happen. And I think it just goes down to your core. Like, why are you doing videos? Why are you posting on LinkedIn, Instagram? And what value are you bringing? And if one person takes away and gets that value from you, you know, that's, that's, all, that, that's all that's important to me. Going back to the why, what is your why? I like yeah. that. You know, what's the point of posting this video? What is your, what can your community learn from this post? That's, 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 a, that's a huge factor. So what are some things that you're learning? What are some things that you're learning about yourself? It could be, it could be personal or it could be business related. Um, during this pandemic, what's been like, what, nine, 10 months? What have you learned about yourself as of recently that you didn't know before from the personal or business end that has like really shown like, oh, wow, like I didn't know, like, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I'm capable of this. Have you had that moment? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I, I decided to start by LinkedIn and career coaching business back in April, right? You know, we were in, sh uh, in shutdown or shelter in place in, in March. And I said, hey, this is the time I'm gonna go do it. Um, and I didn't realize how challenging it was gonna be. I didn't realize there were so many things I needed to do uh, that I just couldn't get anything done. I was like, hey, I want to do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. I want to do webinars. I want to create a five-day course. I want to build a website. I want to you know, do marketing. On I want to get on Instagram. I want to do all this. So I had so many things going on. And it, I realized to myself that, hey, I'm just one person. I can't possibly do everything. So I need to slow down, take a step back, and then prioritize, right? 
what can I do first, get that done, get that ball rolling, and then start building up momentum to do the other things. And and that's, you know, once I take that step back and start doing 10% of 10 different things, let me finish two things at 100%, and then I can actually make actual progress. And, you know, you know what I started with was, okay, I'm going to set up a Calendly account so it makes it easier for people to book calls and coaching sessions with me. I'm going to set up a Zoom, integrate that together so it's very easy to book. And if I'm then, if I need to go talk to people, whether it's for networking, whether it's to do a webinar, or whether, you know, it's a it's a one-on-one call, I can just schedule it from there. And, you know, coming up with, you know, I was overthinking things a lot too, right? If like, oh, I want to do a five-day course. Well, I can't create a five-day course if I don't have, you know, five different things to talk about. Um, and I you know, looked at it like, you know what, I'm going to take a step back. Let me do one webinar at a time. Let me focus on one thing at a time. And as I'm doing these webinars, I can just focus on that single one, make it as good as I can, you know, share it with the audience or, or, or you know, do a one-time thing. And then I can put it all together, put five different webinars and then sell it as a course. So taking a step back, breaking it down to, you know, focusing on one thing at a time so you can actually make progress. Making progress, uh, accountability, you know, pretty much. So what you what you just mentioned uh, is you you have all these ideas and this and that's where I kind of like really recently hit the wall. That's why I mentioned failure before I've had to kind of piggyback on that so much ideas and you're like, oh, you want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do this? And you're with just with your energy, you can't distribute all that energy fairly to this project to devote to these weekly videos you just can't be everywhere at once yeah, and exactly it, it and plus if you try to do everything you're not going to have 100 percent energy on every single thing that you decide to do which can result in a burnout too and frustration yeah. that, that's where i was yeah that's where i'm at right now i would say that's where i'm at right now that's that's where i'm at right now uh, here's why you know my real estate business coaching business podcast the book you know i'm still trying to record my audio book it's just you know success has been great however you know success <laughs> success i wouldn't say success is like a, a child that you have to take care of but yeah you have to take care of you know uh, your child obviously right you have to take care of what made you successful and doing the little things uh prior to me getting to this point so even just to kind of like share a little backstory how i got to this point when i when i was growing up i was the, like a little skinny kid insecure they used to pick on me like nerd back in the day but you know i i found my voice through you know health and fitness i was a personal trainer for seven years then i transitioned into speaking and that's where I really found, uh, you know, that passion. Uh, so getting to this point now and, and looking at everything else, like I had so much different options, but at the same time, I had to focus on what really makes me happy, which is why we're here today. The podcast, I, I could tell you this now, and, and I told you this prior to us going live, that everyone comes with a special message. And I messaged you that earlier. And just listening to your story, listening to your message now, it's like, Boom, I got it. I knew what I I knew I was right because you said something spot on that I'm currently going through. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I think, you know, we're all we all have we have more similarities than we think, right? You know, we all have the same struggles, we all have the same challenges, right? COVID, of course, is one of them. But you know, with, with this, you know, entrepreneurial mindset, with all this, you know, goal setting mindset, you know, we all face similar challenges. And you know, this is why I like to, you know, post things about LinkedIn. Because a lot of people, hey, how do I start posting on LinkedIn? You know, I, I don't have enough confidence. What are people going to say? And I said, hey, I've been there. 
I'm going to share with you what my perspective is. And it you know, basically comes out that it's not a big deal. I wasn't perfect when I started. Well, my first video, my first 15, 20 videos were, were pretty bad, right? But it's all about being consistent and, and learning and, and continue to, to get better. Love it, man. Freaking love it. It's all, you know, it's all about getting better. I really love LinkedIn. And I, I talk about LinkedIn a lot on my podcast because everyone I meet, it's, it's through LinkedIn. The value in it. And I, and I was thinking I was thinking out loud to myself earlier uh, with a remote job. And I was, I was telling my girl, I'm like, look, the future is remote work. Here's why. Why would someone, plus if you're making the same amount of money, why would someone want to commute, to pay to commute, to go to work? When they can make the same amount of money just sitting in front of your laptop from home. Now that what you were going to pay weekly or monthly or yearly on the commute for work, you save that. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot more comfortable. And this is where this is. This is now. I can't even say this is the future. This is now. Yeah, this is exactly. happening now. It is. It's, it's happening now. The transition, the shift. It's happened. Like it's happening. Um, access, connections. I recently attended about a couple of weeks back. I attended a virtual networking event through LinkedIn, uh, connecting with entrepreneurs and small business owners from across the world. And I'm like, wow, like access is crazy. People, people that the people that I've been looking to connect with are looking to connect with me. You hear the saying all the time: "What you're looking for is also seeking you." Yeah, and the, the, the great thing about it being virtual is you get to connect with people from all over the world, like you said, right? You don't have to be in person. You don't have to be in the same geographical area. And now it's virtual, and you can just hop on wherever, right? You don't have to commute to a place. You don't have to you know, go find parking um, or whatever. And you just you'll be yourself. And it, it's just you get to, you know, I think the key is your network is so much bigger now because it's everyone, right, rather than the people who, who are close, who are physically uh, close to you. And it's forcing, and you know what, it's also forcing myself to establish new connections, meet new people as well. I actually got rejected, um, you know, when I first launched this podcast, when I was, I reached out to people that I knew uh, initially, like, hey, you know, I just got my podcast going, would love for you to be a guest. And, uh, you know, I don't know, everyone handles rejection differently. So for me, I kind of looked at it like, I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, I gotta, sh- I gotta show you how good this is gonna be. Let me go out here and force myself to meet and connect with new people. So for me, rejection was the best thing that happened. Once I seen that people, people I already knew didn't want to come on the podcast, it already made me want to connect with people from X, Y, Z. Now I have a long list of affiliates of connections that I have all this access to. And just looking back at everyone I connected with, that didn't, that wouldn't have happened if I never got rejected from the people I already knew. So, how do you respond to rejection, and and and, and how does that help you excel? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It, 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 rejection kind of, you know, ties in ties in with failure, right? So, you know, different different approaches here. I think the first thing is to not take it personally, right? They're not rejecting you because you know, as a person, right? Because you know, they don't like you, whatever. They're rejecting you because you know of your skill set, rejecting of something, right? Maybe, you know, you're looking for guests for your podcast. They're busy, right? They got other priorities going on. So don't, don't first of all, don't take it personally because then you're just going to beat yourself up about it. And the second thing, which is what I like to do is hey, ask for feedback, right? It, you know, how, you know, is this not a good time? Are you busy? Or why don't you want to be on the podcast? And maybe it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're not a reputable brand yet, right? I don't know who you are. I don't want to be your first guest. 
So he's like, okay, well, let me go work on that other part. Um, and then the third thing I would add is, you know, in addition to, you know, don't take it personally, don't, you know, ask, you know, the reason why is, like you said, you learn from it, right? You, you're just like, all right, well, you know, these people don't want to, you know, be on this podcast. I'm going to go find people who do. And, you know, then, like you said, you got a bigger benefit from it. You network, you met people that aren't your closest friends, right? Aren't your close, you know, aren't, aren't that, you know, aren't your closest friends. And you get to just get to know someone else on a much deeper level and you build that stronger relationship with someone. And then now you have access to their network. It's not just the same person, right? After doing that podcast with them, after talking to them, you know, they're willing to help you out as much as possible like you would to them as well. And it's great. I've had, it's the podcast has really grown. It really grown on me and I've watched it. Uh, you kind of, you know, kind of like mold into something. I'm like, wait, I think I have something here. And to really, uh, you know, put together, you know, all, you know, all pieces of me, you know, me being, you know, the speaker, you know, author and all this other stuff uh, to have the access to connect with people. That's been great. And, and, you know, they always say it's all about who you're connected to. I'm, I'm really big on the connection posts on LinkedIn. People are like, oh, open to new connections. Who's open to connect? I'm always on those posts. You could always find me like opening to connecting and, you know, like opening that door. Uh, it's, you know, responding to rejection in the sense of just opening that door. Um, it really made me look back at like, okay, I'll find ways to make this podcast the best thing that happened and make you wish that, damn, I wish I said yes to the podcast because that's how I felt deep down inside. I had to use that. But for me, for, well, for me, man, I have to find, I have to find something to fuel me. I have to, I have to channel in that aggression. I have to put the pressure on myself. Personally, if I don't put pressure on myself, I'm not here. I don't have a book. I don't have a podcast. I probably don't have a life if I don't put pressure. I think pressure yeah. is good. So how do you, how do you define pressure? Yeah, it, it, you know, pressure comes down to, you know, you, you, pressure comes down to, hey, I have to achieve something at a certain time, right? And that's, that's, well, that's why I started creating content on LinkedIn, because in 2017, you know, I had my goals for the year, and I said, you know what, I want to hold myself accountable. You know, how do I hold myself accountable for, for these goals? And my idea was, I want to share with as many people as possible to put pressure on me to actually get these things done because I'm going to let hundreds of people down, right? So I started posting monthly articles on LinkedIn, sharing the progress toward my goals that year. And that really set me up for that goal-setting mindset, right? And I think that year, you know, a couple of my goals were, uh, I think one of them was to learn something new every day and then write it down. Um, so I can always look back in it and I actually have proof of it. And, you know, that's why I started the 52-week challenge with videos. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to put the pressure on myself to do something I've never done before, and do it every single week for, for 52 weeks. Um, and you know, I, I said I shared earlier, hey, I've grown so much since then. Um, so with pressure is you, you have to, I don't want to say you have to accept it, you have to be tolerable or tolerant to it. And you know, you have to understand what is this pressure? Is this pressure gonna help me get better? Right? Is this or is this just you know some unwanted pressure I just need to get away from, right? If if it's like a, a, a terrible boss who's just always on you. That's a lot of pressure. You know, you can remove yourself from the situation. But if it's something that you inflicted on yourself, you know, when I was working full time, I was doing my master's at the same time, and I was doing these videos every single. I had a lot of pressure, right? A lot of stress coming up from it. But for every single thing um, I was doing, I was asking myself, why am I doing this, right? Why am I getting my master's? Well, because I want to grow and learn and, and become a, a project manager. Why am I, you know, why am I doing this job? Well, because you know, I like 
building projects and, and, and improving things. Why am I doing videos? Well, because I want to help others. I want to improve my public speaking. I want to improve my communication. So when you're faced times with these questions, ask yourself, is this something I want to deal with? If I can't, if, if it's something I don't want, then you know you get rid of it. But if it's something that's going to help you and fuel you to make you better, then you ask yourself, is this is this worth it? Why am I doing this? And if you can provide a good answer to that, you know, keep moving on and it will help, you know, help to help to make you grow. Um, someone shared with me a, a, a while ago, and this was, I think, the second topic or the first topic I had for my uh, LinkedIn videos was we all have a Teflon layer. And, you know, Teflon, super strong material, but, you know, as it more pressure builds on it, it gets stronger and stronger. And that's how we grow as people. Right. So if you had a boring life and you know, didn't face any adversity, then you're not going to work as hard. But you know, if you, you know, were a single parent, if you were grew up in poverty and, and now you're in you know in college, you're gonna work twice as hard, so many times harder than the next person who got a free ride because you had to work to get to where you are. And that experience that fuels uh, that fuels you to continue to grow and get better. Nice. So you know, all right. So I I, I want to ask you this because you know, when we're talking about pressure now, which just leads to my next quest my next question. Uh expectations do you do you have you know or do you put expectations on yourself especially now with the pandemic a lot to think about now because of the times that we're in and everything going on how do you how do you goal set do you go with expectations you do not put those expectations you put big goals no that's that's a that's a great question um so i finished grad school uh late last year 2019 and i was like hey now i have a bunch of free time I'm going to go travel now. I'm going to create a travel vlog on YouTube because I got inspired by a few people. And I went on one trip in January and then that was it. I couldn't travel anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, there goes that idea. What can I do to, to occupy my time? And, you know, that's where I came up with the, the coaching thing. Um, you were talking about, you know, putting expectations on myself. And, you know, that, that's what I did throughout 2017 and, and, and 2018. I continued with those monthly articles. I took a break since then. And actually, I do want to bring it back for 2021. Because that's my way of putting pressure on myself to achieve things. Um, so in 2018, uh, you know, I did some things I didn't think I was able to do. Um, I did the 52 week challenge of videos. Um, I ran a half marathon. I wanted to get myself you know, in better shape, and I forced myself. What is something I can do to force me to go exercise that you know I have to train for? So I ran a half marathon, and uh, it was the toughest physical thing I've ever done. And this was I was doing grad school and work and, and videos at the same time. I also learned a new language that year. I uh, finished the Duolingo course on Vietnamese that year. Uh, so it's just, you know, by putting these expectations on yourself and, you know, my way of holding myself accountable to tell as many people as possible, um, you know, that, that puts pressure on yourself to achieve these things. And I really want to start that again uh, in 2021. I've started brainstorming a couple of things. You know, one thing is to you know, have a speaking, uh, speaking opportunity or speaking engagement once a month, you know, and, I, I, with these goals, you have to be able to, to break it down, right? You don't want to say, hey, I want to, you know, you know, you have to have something quantifiable and be able to, to break it down, right? So you, you have to be able to, to check that box. Don't just say, oh, I want to be happier. Well, how do you measure that, right? So with me, you know, well, how do you learn a language? Yeah, that's kind of hard to quantify, right? But for me, it was, hey, I'm going to finish the course. That's my way of finishing, you know, saying I achieved that goal. So, you know, definitely that. By setting expectations, by making that continuous, that incremental progress helps you get things done. Um, that's one thing I struggled with this year, right? I said, hey, I'm going to be a career coach. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what I'm trying to achieve this year. And because I didn't have that end goal, I have nothing to work towards. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. 
and then the progress has been a lot slower than than I wanted it to be this year. You kind of mentioned something uh, slightly briefly. Uh, happiness. Can can you define? Can you define how do you find happiness and what does happiness mean to you uh, in just what you do in everyday life? Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. So how do I how do I define happiness? Is hey, am I am I satisfied with you know where I am, right? And you know we all have different levels, and of course you're not going to be 100% satisfied, right? You know we all want to have infinite money. We all want to you know be able to do whatever we want. But am I okay with the situation I'm in? Right. And if it's not, then you got to do something to, to go beyond that. So right now, you know, people are asking me, hey, you know, if you, you, you want to grow as a career coach. Um, you know, I have this service. You can pay for my service if you're interested. And I tell them, hey, I'm happy where I am right now. You know, I, I, I don't want that extra stress placed on me because I want to focus on, you know, um, focus on, on myself, on my on myself, um, you know, self-care and, you know, spending more time. I, I met someone right before the pandemic. Um, and then, you know, we had to go through the relationship, you know, isolated from each other, but we really enjoy our time to go. So that's kind of, I'm looking at the next stage of my life, um, you know, with her. Um, so I'm happy where I am with, with that. So, you know, just think of that perspective as, you know, am I comfortable? Am I satisfied with where I am? You know, with the perspective that you know, be hundred percent satisfied. If you're not completely satisfied at all, then you got to make some changes to, to make yourself, you know, be, be happy and be satisfied. Finding happiness, and we're constantly evolving every day because we're human beings. You, what made you happy in 2012? I'm sure doesn't you know wouldn't make you happy in 2022 or 2025. Uh, you know, consistently evolving, finding happiness, putting pressure on yourself, failure as well. You know, you, we 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 are faced with these is why I'm asking. This is pretty much why I'm asking these questions because I think happiness pressure failure. These are, you know, things that we are faced with every single day. Sometimes we don't even put pressure on ourselves. Life puts pressure with COVID, right? That's pressure. Yep. Forcing people to go remotely, forcing businesses to close. That's pressure. Finding happiness. What is happiness now? I thought personally, prior to me becoming a dad, I thought what would make me happy would be having, I want to say maybe having access to just all entrepreneurs and small business owners from across the world. But yeah, sometimes what makes me happy is just, you know, reading a good book, doing my morning yoga routines, just, you know, the simple things and just finding yeah. happiness through the simple things. So my next question for you is, uh, you know, the, the simple things, you kind of mentioned something as well as, you know, running a marathon, but how do you add those simple things to create that overall balance for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question, and especially with the pandemic, right? Uh, so my perspective throughout this, you know, I have a lot of you know, a lot of people I know that were super stressed out, you know, being working from home with the pandemic. You know, we got a lot of stuff happen this year. You know, we had the wildfires here in California. You know, we had the, the recent election. We had the you know uh, racial injustice. A lot of a lot of things going on, and you know, and you know, right when the pandemic hit, I'm like, hey, this sucks. I'm going to be working from home. I won't be able to see my coworkers for at least, you know, a month or two or you know, at that point, um, this sucks, but, you know, I learned to have the perspective of, let me appreciate the simple things in life, right? I won't be able to see my friends, but I, I, you know, I won't be able to see my friends. I'm working from home, but Hey, I'm still lucky to have a job. There's a lot of people you know, out there who don't have a job. 
I have a roof over my head. I'm continuing to have that income. Um, and even during this, uh, I'll just add on during this, uh, during March, I, I lost all my projects. I ended up doing a job at work that I didn't really want to do. And I could have just quit, but I said, Hey, you know, these are very tough times. It's very hard to find a job, but you know, I got to appreciate that. I do have a job right now. I get to work from home. Um, so just appreciate the simple things, you know, there's, there's so many people out there who are in much worse situations than you, right? And you know, there are people without running water. There are people who fear for their life every day. They're in a war zone. But here, you know, you know, yes, you may not have a job, but you do have, you know, a roof over your head. You have financial support from the government or from whatever, um, you know, whatever aid. So, you know, appreciate the things that you have that a lot of people appreciate the lot of things that you have that you take for granted that a lot of people around the world don't have. Gratitude. I'm, I'm not going to even, ex- I'm, I don't even want to ask you because that, that pretty much just touches on gratitude. It would have been my next question for you. Like, oh, how do you define it? How do you define gratitude? Right. But yeah, you know, not, not taking, yeah, not taking your blessings for granted and, and, and looking at your situation and understanding that someone always has it worse, which is so true. Uh, you know, you know, finding peace, being grateful for the opportunities that you have, even if you don't have the job rare in an era in a century where you could create the jobs, skills actually create the jobs now. It, it's not even just about the jobs and owning your skills too. I think for me, Stephen, uh, one of the things that I was recently faced with was uh, life forcing me to use my skills. Thank you for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speaks So podcast. Don't forget to visit stclairspeaks.com and order your copy of my first book, Sweats to Suits, available now in Kendall and paperback edition. If you want to be my next guest, or you know my next guest, refer. Give me a referral, and I will sponsor your business in an ad segment just like this. Visit stclairspeaks.com and learn more about the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast proposal. It's that time. There was a time period where my podcast, literally my podcast, was bringing in the dollars for like, it was maybe for like one good month, but... In terms of just overall income, my podcast was doing it. Then at one point, Forex was doing it. Then at another point, it was X, Y, and Z, right? But life put me in a position where it made me activate my skill set, activate my mindset. And that's why we kind of talked on that a little bit when we talked about imposter syndrome and really just owning your skills and and owning your mindset. So uh, probably my next question for you now is, are, are there some new skills that you know that you're learning about your that you're about yourself recently during this pandemic and having all this free time to really uh, stay innovative. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah, during this pandemic, I I started a Python course. I should get back to it. I started a brand new Python course that you know I, it's something I was you know dabbling with for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay for a course, right? No, it's fifteen dollars, not expensive, but you know because I paid for it, I'm going to you know do it. And I did that pretty consistently for for a couple months. Uh, you know, the one thing I'm learning during this pandemic is uh, is learning to speak Cantonese. So I do speak Mandarin, but I've learned that Cantonese, the words look the same, but they're pronounced differently. And, you know, I have a motivation. You know, this is part, you know, I said, earlier, why am I doing this? Well, my girlfriend, her 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 mom's Cantonese, and, you know, I wanted to get those grounding points. Um, but it, 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 it forces me to, hey, I want to learn just because, you know, I, I enjoy learning languages, and that's something I like to do. And this is a good reason for, for me to learn that. So... You know, that, that's one thing I've been learning. And another kind of unquantifiable thing, something that's not tangible, is you know what I've learned during this coaching process, right? I've learned that, hey, I do have some value, right? I've been you know sharing 
career tips and advice through video, but you know, my time is worth something, right? I, this is why I can provide, this is why I can charge for my coaching services. I shouldn't give it out for free. And I learned a lot about, you know, I did face some imposter syndrome. Why are people willing to pay for my services when I've been doing it for free? Well, I have to have that confidence in myself to, to do that. So I learned a lot about, you know, what it means to, to be a career coach. You know, what is a different type of skill set. And, you know, I have to get better at marketing. I have to get better at, at persuasion and get people to, you know, come to my webinars, to come to my presentation and, and sign up for that one-on-one -on -one coaching session. Oh, man, coaching, you know, for me personally, I think one of the things I experienced with, uh, you know, launching a coaching business was, you know, I, I kind of gave out some information for free. You know, I dabbled with some things, you know, because we, we, we want to see if it's, I want to see if, if the value is really worth it, but we want to see uh, the impact that we could have on someone's life. I had someone that I grew up with uh, recently reach out to me over the summer in regard to like coaching and I gave him like, you know, cause I've made a web series all year. I've been recording this web series called app recommendations for entrepreneurs and small business owners, just like a random list of maybe like 12 apps that I believe in my personal opinion are very beneficial for solo entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small businesses. So long story short, he became a coaching client and, uh, it, it was great. It was really good to see the overall value of you know, just my time, uh, my, my knowledge, just go to someone else and just to see that passed on. But also that kind of being early in the moment, kind of what we talked on a little earlier in this interview, being early, I did not know the value of what I had to offer. Um, can Have you been faced with that as well? Is that something that you've been faced with? Yeah, you want, can you, you want to clarify that a little bit more? Yeah, just like, uh, you know, not even, not even a uh, imposter syndrome uh, in a sense of, you know, you having all this knowledge, all this value as a coach. And it's like, okay, Hmm. You believe in what you're doing, but seeing that in someone else and seeing if they could excel that have, were there moments where you kind of, I don't say doubted your, your ability as a coach, but maybe, I don't, maybe for a second, maybe you did. Have you had a moment where it's like, okay, you know what? is this really going to work? How can this really work for someone? One of the things I was faced with, uh, you know, cause I'm 29 uh, is, is a 60 year old going to listen to, tw to a 29 year old about business coaching, right? Uh, am I too young to, to give this yeah. experience? Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. That, that, you know, provides a, a better perspective. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm 28, right. I'm, you know, you're younger than you here or no, I'm, Oh, I got the year totally wrong. I'm 29. I'm 29 as well. It's, it's 2020. I'm <laughs> off by a year, but yeah, no. So I, you know, I'm 29, right? And I've been working for you know seven years now. So I do have a lot of experience relative to college students or to, to new grads. So that's you know where a lot of the career coaching and and building up confidence. And you know, I do talk to people who have a lot more experience. You know, 15 years experience, 20 experience, and they're asking me, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, and I'm looking at them like. Well, I, I'm not quite sure. You know, I haven't had the career you had, and I, I can't really guide you. But you know, I think you have to have the perspective is, uh, of you know, is, is, we're talking about the imposter syndrome earlier. You know, people have enough; they, tr they have enough faith in you, they have enough confidence and trust in you to reach out to you to ask for help, right? So they believe in in the value you provide. So you have to have confidence in in in, in yourself. So you know, just, just I remind myself of that that hey, people are reaching out to me because they 
think they, they think and they know I can provide value to them. So, you know, that's that's kind of the affirmation I need to you know, reach out to people or to, to help and, 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 and coach these people that, you know, have more experience than me or have a different type of experience than me. Really owning, really owning the skill set and uh, really step, not even just owning the skill set, but yes, owning the skill set and stepping into your role as a mentor, as a coach or as a leader and providing value to everyone else. Uh, I, of course, they say it all the time. All the great all the best coaches in the game have coaches as well. Um, yeah. You know, I was working with a mentor. It's about to be a year for me next week. Uh, which is crazy because my life changed around this time last year. I went to a networking event in Manhattan on 42nd Street, and it it changed my life. It changed my life. I met with uh, Mac Burnett from Powerful Impact, and you know he just has the 20 years experience as a coach. You know he's been like he's been around in business. He's experienced a whole experience with 9/11, uh, with 2008. And now with COVID, it kind of showed me how to respond. And one of the things that he told me early in the pandemic was, Yahavi, you're not going to have this much time and this much attention than you do right now. And that's when I kind of like took that, I took that quote and I kind of like ran with it in terms of just attention. And everyone's really just looking on their phone. Everyone's on the computer. Everyone's pretty much stuck to, to being in, in, in a remote position. So increasing my engagement on LinkedIn and really just shutting down, I want to say just shutting down the platforms that don't work, but focusing on what works, uh, seeing the supply and demand. I've seen a huge supply and demand in podcasting, which is why I got to the point where, thanks to Fiverr, uh, you know, putting the podcast gig on Fiverr, people started, you know, of course, you know, reaching out, paying for the gig, doing that. So I was putting my skill set on Fiverr and people started reaching out. Uh, podcast because of marketing agency, right? You know, putting tons of, uh, you know, just business stories from this person, this person out there, along with offering, you know, my fitness services as a personal trainer and doing online coaching. So putting that out there as well, um, putting my business on Udemy, Skillshare, Fiverr, that has been a kind of like a gateway in showing me where the real value, not just the value, but the demand in what I'm doing in business. Now, sometimes, you know, I would meet someone and I'm like, ah, is this a coaching client? Ah, no, you know what? I just want to interview you. And there are times where it's like, I, I just want to talk. I, you know, I just want to engage. I want to build that community. Um, forgive me if I'm rambling. I, for, I forgot my talking point for a second, but uh, to make it long story short, you know, I found ways to stretch myself during this pandemic, all thanks to podcasting, LinkedIn, and really just owning my skill set. Yeah, and you know, it ties down to why are you doing these things, right? Why are you podcasting? Why are you, you know, why are you a fitness you know, trainer? And so, you know, we all have the same amount of time. It's just what you want to do with it, right? So, you know, I, what, you know, with my engagement on LinkedIn, why am I spending so much time on LinkedIn? Because I want to network, I want to build connections, I want to, you know, market my coaching business. So, anything you do, you know, ask yourself why are you doing this, right? And you know, it's okay to take breaks, right? Say, why am I going on this trip? Well, because I need to take a mental break. Right. And that's a perfectly good example. But I mean, if you're, you know, I, I learned a lot about, you know, time management when I was working full time, doing grad school at night. And I had to cut out things like, you know, why am I, you know, why am I watching so much basketball? You know, I don't need to watch every single game. Right. I, I don't have, I can just watch highlights later. If I'm watching a two and a half three hour game, I can go watch a five minute or 10 minute highlight on YouTube. So that, there you go. I got an extra two to three hours of time back. So you figure out, you know, what you're working, what you're doing and what you're quote unquote wasting your time on. And then ask yourself, 
hey, why am I doing these things? And if it's not providing you any value, then you, know, you drop it or you find something else to do instead. Dude, big first off, big on basketball. I see the I see I see, I see the dub nation yeah. in the back. By the way, <laughs> I see the dub nation. I'm a huge Laker fan, man. Uh, die hard, die hard. Kobe Bryant fan since I was a kid. It's really 2020 has been a tough year. It's really been a tough year. Really been a tough year. Uh, but you know, I'm glad we got the championship. So uh, finding balance uh, through sports too. I was excited when the NBA came back on and, oh, you know, they had yeah. the whole bubble basketball experience. Cause one of the things that I was experiencing that I was faced with was workaholic tendencies where I'm literally sitting here for 15, like I'm, I'm not even over exaggerating there. Since I got into Forex trading, I'm trading in different time zones. I was accustomed to waking up at 3am coming right here. And since I have Zoom Premium, I would just, you know, Zoom live on an unlisted link and I would just stream live all day for like 15, 16 hours. And I'm like, yo, I'm going insane. It was crazy. But sports, uh, the reason why, you know, I'm talking about, you know, just sports, but sports has helped me uh, really force time management. I can sit there and like, you know what? I worked 10 hours. I deserve to watch a Laker game. I worked 12 hours. I want to see Kawhi Leonard, you know, lose again like yeah, yeah whatever it is you know <laughs> yeah no that's that's a great point right and, you know that's why i brought up the example say hey why am i going on this trip well because i need to take a break from things right so i'm not going on trips you know and i'm not flying anywhere i'm taking extended weekend trips just being out of town you know staying you know staying somewhere overnight or, or two nights but you know i'm not doing this every weekend i'm not doing this every other weekend i'm doing this every you know six to eight weeks or so maybe every once a quarter but we all need that mental break and that's the reason i do it you know i I'm on LinkedIn, you know, all the time. I need that break sometimes as well. So, you know, these things where, you know, it's okay for me to, to watch a game, but I don't have to do it every single week, right? I don't have to, you know, spend my whole Sunday, you know, nine hours watching football all day. You know, I can do other things and watch when I want to watch when I need to take that break. Uh, it's all, yeah, it's all about creating that balance. Again, me, I just had to, if I didn't force that balance on myself, I would have just been a, overall wreck just an over just Mm -hmm. completely burning out you know even recording my book this year i was recording my book towards the end of the book i was recording the end of the book while launching uh the podcast about like may around like april mayish uh early in the year and it was just so much going on i'm record first off i'm in the studio and I'm looking in. I'm looking in this camera. We're we're we're, we're filming. It's, we're doing ten hour days. We're recording the book. I'm I'm interviewing people. I have a lot going on, and I'm like, yo, this is. It's like it was a wave, and I kind of touched on this a little bit, but there it was like a wave of success, and it all came at ruts, right? You know, you work really hard. They always say hard work pays off, but everyone, you know, you never know. Uh, you know that moment when it's your time for your overnight success story, but that paradigm shift happens with everything that you wanted to happen actually starts to happen. And sometimes it happens all at once. And for me, it was like, wow, this is happening. Then it's also like, wait, this is a little too good. Right. So it, it was me questioning, uh, you know, my greatness. It was me questioning uh, my, just my skill set. And, and it was also finding the balance of just success and, and finding happiness and success you know, I talk to people all the time. I hear my mentor, my mentor, you know, say this all the time. He knows people that are millionaires that are miserable. You know, you're, you're, 
your bank account doesn't define your happiness. So really finding that happiness, and we kind of touched on that already, but finding that happiness, finding that balance, finding a happy medium in pressure and putting that on yourself has been huge and crucial for 2020. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's so much stuff going on. And, you know, you have to find things that make you happy, find things that, you know, bring you satisfaction, and then cut up things that don't, right? So, you know, that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, I don't focus on the news because it's all, you know, most of the year it's been all negative stuff, right? And it's, it's just too much to deal with. And there's nothing I can do about it, right? With COVID, I can only do my part and, you know, stay at home and be safe and wear a mask, right? But there's, you know, millions of people out there, hundreds of millions of people out there that, you know, do whatever the, you know, do whatever they want. And I have no control over that. So, you know, focus on things you can control, focus on things that make you happy and just, you know, break away and ignore the things that, that don't bring that happiness to you. Yeah, and, and not being afraid to stretch yourself in the moment, not, not be afraid to, you know, reach out to people and connect. And this is why I love the podcast. And every time I, I'm, I'm, you know, I do a podcast and if you always get re-sparked up and I find the passion for it again, I get happier and happier episode by episode because it's, it just reminds me of like, hey, like, you know, not only that you could do this, but it, it's great to just uh, connect with whomever and hear different stories of inspiration. Like, granted, I like hearing some, I, as every other speaker, I love to hear myself speak. However, it's great to, you know, engage and talk to other speakers, hear their stories of inspiration, how you're going to impact the world, and, and what have you, not only speakers, but just impactful individuals from all over across the world. So it, it's been, it's, it's been an incredible experience, uh, nonetheless, just being a podcast host, but even engaging on LinkedIn and uh, creating that community. But I also, I kind of want to kind of switch gears for a second. Uh, I've recently been experiencing this on LinkedIn. I'm sure you have too, with people in the inbox, you know, being real, not even just salesy, just all, you know, you have the Bitcoin people, you got the Forex, MLM, you, you, you have people that's trying to sell you courses daily. You know, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's uh, so so my uh, I'll step back a little bit and I'll answer the question. So my my kind of rule on LinkedIn is I'm going to connect with whoever connects with me, right? And you know I'm you know my 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 you know my mindset is hey we may not be able to help each other today, but we never know when we might be able to help each other in the future. So you know I'm an open networker, open connector, whatever you want to call it. So I connect with a bunch of people, and you know there are people who you know who are scammers on, on LinkedIn. There are these um, you know, Bitcoin traders that, and I've realized that, you know, after a while that, you know, I, I can, you know, recognize from the profile, they have a, obviously a stock photo. They have an abnormal last name that's actually a first name, right? They have nothing else on their profile. And it's, you know, it looks suspicious. So, you know, after a while, just getting these, you know, just spam messages and just auto, you know, you can tell if it's copy and paste. And it doesn't have to be Bitcoin. It's like people selling their services or, or whatever. Um, it just gets annoying. So, you know, you know, with that, you know, if I think it's okay, this profile looks a little suspicious, I'm just not going to connect with them. And, you know, sometimes I give people the benefit of the doubt, but then they start sending me those spam messages. I just report and block them. And, you know, because it's in the message, LinkedIn knows, hey, this person's making a sale. I've gotten messages from people that were auto flagged on LinkedIn. And, I, you know, I, I know the person's a scammer at this point, right? And I'm just like, hey, I can't see any of your messages. Why is LinkedIn flagging this as, as spam? And it's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, 
Wings is doing, you know, they need to do better, but they've been doing a, a, a decent job so far with, with flagging these people uh, with these sales. And there's just one example where I connected with someone, he sent me a salesy message, and then I just like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, you know, not connect with you. I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to say unfriend, right, but just no longer be a connection to you. And then like three months later, he sends me another connection request. I forgot about the past situation. And then I look at the history. I'm like, oh, he sent me the same exact message again three months later. So I just, all right, I'm just going to block you because there's just, you know, people aren't, yes, it's LinkedIn. It's a professional platform. It's networking. But don't do things. Don't send messages what you want to do in real life, right? So I make an effort to get to know a person. I look at their profile. I point out something like, hey, you know, how's your new internship going? You know, what kind of products do you manage? You know, how's your experience been as a coach so far? I try to pull something from their profile and try to build those relationships. And, you know, if you're trying to be salesy, trying to do spam, it's, it's, it's a numbers game and you know, where the odds are in your favor. And it just comes off as super annoying. So, you know, that, unfortunately, that does ruin some part of, you know, of LinkedIn. It's so annoying. I had someone recently reach out to me and I guess she was following up. She's trying to pitch me her marketing services. And, I, you know, like you mentioned, you could always tell when it's copy and paste. So she messaged me and we have like a long history of just like the thread And she met because my last name is St. Clair. She's like, hey, Clair, my name's not Clair. <laughs> and it, I didn't even I didn't even message the person back to correct them. I'm like, oh, at this point, you're just completely salesy. You're all about the money. You're you're you, you know you're not even pronouncing my name is not even Claire. You don't even know my name, and my name's right there. It's you see my LinkedIn profile, and you didn't even bother to correct it. It you know people. I don't want to say some people on LinkedIn they they really uh you know they really really overstep. I have people that's just really persistent. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm the one if I'm engaging with someone on LinkedIn in, in, in the messenger. You know, if I don't hear from you the first time, chances of me messaging you again, it's not it's not going to happen. And I don't ever pitch, hey, I'm a coach. I don't know. I'm going to offer you. I'm going, hey, thanks for connecting. If I can be an asset, please feel free to reach out. That's yeah, it. If Simple I can help that. you in any way, let me know. Right. That's it. I don't. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, I'll share another recent example. You connected with someone or no, I didn't even connect. I connected with this person for a while. And then I think I sent something like, hey, congrats on the new job or some sort of like message like that. And they say, hey, um, are you interested in uh, uh, rapid prototyping? So I'm just like, why would you? And I was just like, hey, I'm just going to call you out right here. Right. I was like, why do you think that? It's like, oh, it says you're a project manager. I'm like, well, you don't know what kind of projects I manage. And it's like, oh, well, would you be interested? I'm like, just like, no. So, you know, I just reported and blocked them. So it's like, you know, do, do your homework. Right. Get to. Build that relationship before you sell your services, right? And, you know, I'm a career coach. I have services to sell, but I don't just go out and just start randomly DMing people. They are you're interested in my services. You know, people connect with me and they say, hey, you know, I see your career coach. And I say, hey, you know, how can I help you? What do you want to help? What do you need help in? And let's hop on a quick, you know, 15-minute call, right? At least that way, it's you're not paying anything. It's only 15 minutes of your time and of my time as well. And then we decide, hey, are you willing? Are you willing to take that next step and, and pay for a coaching call? I don't force it on anyone. That's what it's all about. And me too. One of the things I've realized that I'm actually more willing to. I would probably more go to the next level with that with that next person because they're not salesy because they actually care rather yeah. than someone who's salesy. I don't care how good you are if if you only care about you know getting the sale. 
I'm not going to go with you. I'll more likely go with this person, even I know their services are bad, but I know they care. Yeah. Yeah, they have a genuine interest in, in you, right? Or They have a genuine interest in knowing who you are, right? And then, you know, help, helping you get to where you want to be instead of, you know, instead of seeing you as a, you know, as a bag of money. Yeah, and that's and lately I've been feeling like that on on my LinkedIn, and definitely because you know I don't have the best LinkedIn profile in the world. I don't know how to optimize my LinkedIn as you know some of the best LinkedIn influencers in the game. I know there's always room for improvement, but you know you know engaging on LinkedIn as much as I do consistently daily uh, makes me become an easy target for people to consistently spam me in the messenger. Hey, I can help you improve your SEO. Hey, I can help you improve traffic for your podcast yeah. or so whatever. and, and I'm what like, i do with some of those people it's like hey well before we do that are you interested in the coaching service to optimize your linkedin profile and targeting the right people right i just spin it back on it and then you don't hear back from them so i swear you know, if you I want swear to be salesy, i'll be salesy back at you and and you know that it just doesn't work that way and so and i'm real i have a big background on the sales and i'm like the least salesy person i would maybe make a post about xyz but i'm not in in someone's face constantly pitching hey would you like to buy this hey would you like i've noticed and i and this is where i started to really see the value and that's where the shift came for me i started to pay attention to how i feel when people are salesy with me i could only imagine if i was to do that to anyone else that's why yeah. i don't do it yeah you know but i send those messages to people it's like you know how would i feel if i was receiving this message right and you know, that's why you only say, you would send messages of what you would actually say in person to that person, right? Right. You're not going to go to the networking, but just start, start dropping, you know, a one minute long, you know, recorded presentation or recorded, you know, uh, message about, hey, here's my service and are you interested? You got to be, you know, you got to build that relationship and get to know people before you, you know, even make that pitch. Yeah. You know, create that, you know, creating rapport. It's crucial. It's crucial. Um, big shout outs to even, you know, uh, previous podcast guests that I've connected with creating rapport, building trust. Thanks to this podcast. I have the ability to eat. Like once this episode's done, right. Maybe in a month now I could reach out to you or in two weeks now or five months now, if I find someone or know someone who needs your services, Hey, yo, I, I know the perfect LinkedIn coach for you. Right. So it, it, it's been a great, it, it's been great for me to, just build my own connections of, you know, uh, affiliates through previous podcast guests and really just, I would say matchmake, but yeah, really just matchmake. If I, if I can't help you, I know who can simple yeah. as that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to, you know, my mentor says this all the time. If I can't help you, I don't want to hurt you. Same analogy. Yeah. And I agree. I was, I was going to say, when you build these relationships, you just want to be the first thing that you know, first person that they think of when it comes to a specific thing, right? So, you know, right now, you know, you know, you, you know using both of us as an example, you know, I, I'm not looking for a podcast host, right? But if someone reaches out to me, hey, I'm looking to get on more podcasts. I'm like, oh, I know who exactly to, to reach out to because I just did a podcast last month and two months ago with Yohavi here. So, you know, you want to build those relationships and always continue to have engagement. It's not just a, hey, hi, how are you doing? And, and that's it, you never talk again, but continue to build those uh Build that engagement, build those relationships, because as I said earlier, hey, I may not need your help right now, but you will never know when we need each other's help in the future. It's crazy because I, 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 when I look at all of my previous guests, I could 
contact each and every one of my, okay, if I know if I need something with this, I could contact this one. Like Alex Machuca, you know, he's for mortgage brokers, he's grossed over $600,000 within a month span, uh, all thanks to this automation, uh, you know, agency that he used with Go High Level. So he definitely helped me out behind the scenes with just the right software to use with automation. So big shout outs to him and just previous guests as well with just, you know, throwing me referrals or uh, tagging me under a certain post, um, just really looking out. And it definitely does go both ways. So I've learned, of course, iron sharpens iron. And it's really all about, yes, it really, it's important for people to understand how important building connections are because you really never know. And you hear it all the time. I don't care if it sounds corny, but you're always one connection away from changing your yep. life. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. Yep. Definitely agree with that hundred percent. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's such a big deal. People, you know, me personally, I, I, you know, breaking out of being an introvert, um, really stretching myself with the podcast. I thought the biggest highlight of this year would be releasing my first book. And I was, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. The biggest thing that ever happened to me was this podcast. Well, besides being a dad, but that's a, a that's a big, yeah. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, besides being a dad, but the podcast from a business standpoint, because it kind of, it, it definitely, um, you know, put me in a new light. And one of my, you know, previous guests mentioned this before, but you know, the book is going to unlock a new you and establishing all new connections. You know, I would have never thought, uh, you know, from going from a certified personal trainer for seven years to, you know, you know, changing lives and helping people on their fitness journey to being on, to being at this point now, you know, a lot of people ran towards what they were comfortable with. I ran towards the unknown and I, I was willing to die on my own sword, to be quite honest with you. And that's how you grow, right? Yeah. You know, you put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you have to adapt, where you have to learn how to you know, get better. And, and, you know, that's, that's how, yeah, like I said, that's how you grow. Uh, you know, my, my growth and change has been, you know, crazy over the last you know, three to four years. You know, before I joined the organization, that the Asian organization I was talking about, hey, I was a shy, introvert person. I wouldn't have thought, you know, three, four years later, you know, I'll be making all these videos and I'll be on the podcast talking about my journey. Like, that. it's just crazy when you look back and, and, and just see, like, you know, how, how, how much how much change has happened, right, over, over this period of time. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Because even looking, because I've been following you, I've had you on LinkedIn for some time. I remember, I think I remember when we initially connected, but I remember around that time period because it was around like February, March, and I was getting ready. And I thought the TED Talk was going to happen. I kind of remember that first time, like we kind of like engaged in terms of just LinkedIn. And it was, it's just so crazy to think that that was just earlier this year. It's amazing to see, even with your content too, looking at your speaking content, I remember I, I, I don't know what, what uh, you know, if, if it's a special app that you use, you even went from a point where you were making videos with, without the auto text, yeah. with the auto text too. Yeah. 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 And, you know, just shout out to, to Clipscribe, you know, that, that's the service I use to put the title, put the banners and then put the automatic subtitles because, you know, I'm doing these videos on the side and you know, as you're doing these things, you try to find ways to become more efficient. Uh, previously, I was doing the subtitles myself. And a two to three minute long video, 
relatively doesn't take that long to put in the subtitles and edit. It takes me an hour, an hour and a half. Once a week, it's not that big of a deal. But now it's like, hey, I want to do this coaching stuff. I want to do all these other things. What are ways I can be more efficient at what I do? And now here, I have a video. I put a little outro at the end. I kind of clean up the editing a little bit, upload the video. 10, 15 minutes later, the subtitles are done. Uh, it's like 95% there. And I just spent, you know, let me just go through, kind of proofread and, and fix that. And I have a video ready to go in less than half an hour. With, you know, that's from uploading it and then downloading it after you know done doing all the subtitles. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's all about continuous growth, right? And, and you, you see what other people are doing that, that makes them successful. Along LinkedIn, I see a lot of people doing that same type of style. And I asked one of them, hey, what do you use? And he said, I use Clipscribe. And I'm like, okay. And now let me invest in it. And at that point, it was you know $45 for the year for the basic package. And I was like, hey, it's less than a dollar a week for me if I'm doing videos. And if I, I can even make more videos if I wanted to. So, you know, that's always continue to grow and, you know, put yourself in those uh, unknown situations that you're forced to, to grow from. And you never know who's watching. You see how I know that? You never know who's watching you. Yep. You yep. never know who's watching you. You wouldn't expect me to like roll it, but I'm always, I'm watching. I, I, I'm first off, I'm really big. I'm really big on speakers. I'm really big on speaking. I, I don't know. I'm going to ask you who's your favorite speaker. Um, mine, I'm really big on Les Brown, Dr. Miles Monroe. Les Brown changed my life. So uh, I'm really big on speakers. I'm a fan of speaking. Uh, so any upcoming speakers, anyone that has a passion for speaking, I'm always watching their content. So that's mm -hmm. how I know, like watching your videos go from without the auto text to the auto text with better lighting too. So that too, and watching your confidence and your engagement, even when you do hand gestures sometimes, uh, just watching uh, those, those little things. Uh, so who are some, who are some speakers that, you know, if you have any, who are some speakers that have been an inspiration to you? It, it could be, you know, uh, known speakers are, are, you know, you know, speakers on the rise, but are there any speakers now that, you know, you molded, uh, you know, yourself after as a speaker? Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to throw like a name that not a lot of people think of. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to say this person's known as a speaker, um, but um, the former CEO of Lockheed Martin, Marilyn Houston, um, she was an awesome speaker and she just had that, that aura or like that persona about her that when she's on stage, you know, you know, she's, you know, she know she's going to be consistent in her delivery. She's going to be consistent in her message in her mannerisms. Her hands are always the same way. The way she you know, looks at the camera and looks at the audience is always the same way. And a lot of people, you know, when, when she, you know, when she stepped down as CEO, you know, it was, it was, it was a big deal because everyone liked her as, as the CEO, as a person, because she was genuine. And, so it's but the point I'm trying to get to is, you know, you, as a speaker, you want to have kind of your style. You want to have people to resonate with how you deliver and, and know what to expect when you when you present. And, you know, for her, she's not, you know, extremely motivational. She's not like the you know, hard hitting. Hey, you can you know, run through a brick wall type of person. You know, she's, you know, she's, she's I, I, I wouldn't say soft spoken, but she's confident. She just brings that kind of inspiration when she when she's speaking. And it's always consistent. And you know, I've seen her on video so many times, and I had the opportunity to uh, at one of the leadership conferences I went to. She was right there in front of me, and it was consistent on camera, recorded, looked exactly the same way when she was there in person. Uh, and she, she, you know, she rehearsed, she practiced her presentation, her speech. You know, you know, you can tell she practiced, and just the whole demeanor and everything was just consistent. So, you know, that's that's what I 
look for in a speaker. You know, there's different types of speaking styles. You could be, like I said, that hard nose, you know, go through a brick wall. You can be those who are more emotional and they share personal stories, but just be consistent and people will resonate with that, with that style. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I definitely wonder, I definitely, that was a good, that was definitely a good question. I wanted to know, uh, you know, what speaker, uh, you know, really just sparks it for you. Because for me, you know, when I listen to Les Brown, even talking, you know, with the emotional, bringing the emotional story into it, when I listen to Les Brown speak, you know, not even make, it doesn't even make me want to run through a brick wall. Yes, he makes me want to do that and then some, because I, I could relate with him with the emotional story. You know, he talks about it all the time, you know, his upbringing, you know, he grew up mentally, um, you know, the teacher said he was, you know, challenged and mentally retarded is the word he uses, but um, you know, his story just really it, it hits from the emotional standpoint. So yeah, everyone has to each its own. Everyone has their different types of speakers. Tony Robbins, is that my kind of speaker? Yeah, no, not really, right? Dr. Miles Monroe, Les Brown, there are certain speakers that kind of like really speak to me. And I, and I like the speakers that bring that emotion into it. And that's where I kind of like molded a, a, a little bit of, you know, you know, what I do as a speaker, you know, I've learned that, hey, you know, my, my life is valuable. My story is valuable. There's, I bring value here. People want to know how I've turned my obstacles and opportunities, right? So, hey, why not? If I could add a little bit of inspiration uh, to, you know, just whatever I do as a speaker or, or a podcast host, if that's going to help someone go to the next level, great. I'm all for it. If there's something you could take away from it, great. If you can't, I'm sorry I didn't, you know, reach that level of inspiration that I thought I could for you. But yeah, I mean, everyone has their, uh, uh, their different, um, you know, likings of, you know, just speakers. Uh, so, you know, approaching towards this, the end of this interview, I, I kind of want to ask you, what's next? What's next from this point? What are some things that, you know, I could uh, look forward to seeing from you because again, I follow your content a lot on, on, on LinkedIn. There, there are some people that I follow a lot. You're one of the people that I follow a lot. Shay's another person I follow a lot. I have a couple uh, LinkedIn influencers that I, I, that I uh, follow with their content, but what are some things that I could look forward to going in 2021? You kind of touched on some things a little bit, but also towards the end of the year, maybe that you kind of want to, you know, share with the audience webinars or anything like that just any special courses that you know you want to kind of throw out there yeah and I, I do appreciate you putting me in the same sentence as Shay that's a that's a big honor for me uh, to, to, you know, to, to put me in that same same position there but yeah no Shay Shay is totally awesome she you know I you know I think people call it the queen of LinkedIn I, I totally totally agree with that and she just brings her own style right like you know she's just going to be straight up blunt and honest and if that doesn't resonate with you that that's fine but you know, she brings that honesty to, to, to LinkedIn. But yeah, upcoming, I mean, um, I plan to have at least one more webinar uh, you know, later this year. I'm going to figure out what LinkedIn topic to, to focus on. It could, you know, a couple ideas. It could be about how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Uh, I might talk about how to create video content. I just, you know, see what my audience wants to see and, and do that. Um, and yeah, you know, I talked a little bit about, hey, I'm going to go back and start doing articles, um, monthly articles um, in 2021 to, you know, hold myself accountable for my goals. So one of them, uh, as I said earlier, is to have a speaking engagement, you know, once a month. And, you know, now with it being virtual, I think I can, you know, easily achieve that. And I think with the once a month, is like, hey, I want to make sure I have at least once a month. And I'm not limiting myself to one, but if there's more, you know, I, I can definitely do that. And yeah, just continue to, to grow my coaching business. And, you know, as I put out more and more of these webinars, um, just 
you know, continue to have more content available to go. Um, and looking to, to take, you know, my videos to the next level, you know, investing in, in a better mic, investing in, in a ring light, investing in different things. Um, you don't need to do that on LinkedIn, but if I wanted to continue to, to stand out and continue to put out great content, you know, I need to, to put in that investment. So, yeah, just more content coming out, um, you know, different ideas of putting it on YouTube, creating a YouTube channel or, um, you know, moving on to Instagram and trying to build a different audience there. So a lot of, a lot of different ideas and just, you know, trying to figure out what to prioritize on. Right, because there's only one, you know, there's only one of me, and and you know, see what happens. You know, it's exciting. It's really exciting too. To, uh, it, it's exciting because there there's a lot to look forward to. And I, I, you, another reason why I love the podcast is because of, uh, you know, the the guest list that I'm building. Not only do people see the Sinclair Speak Show podcast, but you also see the previous guests. You, you, you could look and see what everyone is doing right now. And I think that's really cool. So I, I think it's important for people to definitely tune in to, to look at, you know, what you're doing and uh, definitely finding ways to stretch because I'm learning. How, I'm now trying to uh, find ways to optimize my LinkedIn. You know, I'm learning. So I'm a yeah. sponge, man. If you, I would say, you know, like the New York MTA, if you see something, say something, I'm, you know, I'm sure if you see my LinkedIn profile, there's something, hey, Javi, hey, let's talk offline about, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm not opposed to, you know, I'm, I'm always open ears, man. Yeah, um, so definitely. yeah, final, final ways to get better. You know, I, I'm, I, I like to humble myself and, you know, be a student of the game. I don't know everything, nor do I act like I do. It gives me an opportunity for me to learn. It gives me an opportunity to stress myself and find ways to become better because it, when you do, and I can't even say if, so I'm going to chop that real quick. When you really learn how to master LinkedIn that you're looking at potentially I can't even say a six-figure business from LinkedIn alone, but it's scalable, right? It's scalable because of whomever's on there, right? Who, whoever's in your network, uh, it, it's, it's, wow, the sky's the limit. And that's why LinkedIn is so important. So before I let you go, um, whew, I, I definitely want you to kind of like finish off with some, uh, you know, some closing thoughts, you know, for the audience, for everyone that's going to listen into this podcast episode. If you have any closing thoughts or anything that's on your mind or anything that you know comes that you kind of want to finish off with for the last minute or so that you want to leave the audience with. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked a lot, right. We talked a lot about how to deal with failures, how to overcome things, um, you know, all the different, uh, you know, Trying to do different things and having to adapt and, and finding that support system. Um, you know, I want to close with. Um, and you, you talked about this. You know, talked about this a little bit. That you know, life, life isn't a competition, right? You're not competing with you know this person. You're not competing with that person. I'm not competing with you. Um, but life should be a collaboration, right? You talk about, hey, you know, my LinkedIn profile is not perfect. I'm looking for any advice, and I'm happy to help them, you know help you with that, right? I have my insights. We all have unique skill sets. We all have unique experiences that others can learn from, right? Don't just look at yourself like, oh, I'm just in college. You know, I don't have, you know, anything to share. There's always someone you can help out with. So, you know, have that mindset of, you know, don't try to put people down. Don't try to hurt others to, to get ahead. You know, look at it life as a collaboration because together, right, with everyone's support, with everyone supporting each other, that's how we grow. That's how we make bigger changes, right? Maybe I help you optimize your LinkedIn profile. Someone that finds you and then that's another opportunity for your know for them to, to learn more about podcasting or you know fit, uh, personal training or anything you know they want to talk to you about so you know just approach life you know with that mindset support others 
focus on the positive things, focus on the little things you have and ignore you know, the negative things that bring you down. Well said, well said, Stephen Lou. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speak Show.